0: Hey there, faith followers. This is Pastor Toby opening oh, back up and first of all, say today's podcast, the topic of the podcast is stay steadfast. Stay steadfast. God is for us. God is with us and God's glory can be in us. So I want you to get your hopes up. I want you to get your hopes up. I know a lot of people tell you don't get your hopes up, but today we are finding new air to breathe. Amen. Just get a hold of God's hand today and hold on to his hand. First John chapter 3 tells us, Dear friends, now we are children of God and we know that when Christ appears, we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. So I want to talk to you today about some things, some things we Some things we know um, that will fill our hearts with hope. Because you see, hope empowers us to live godly lives in the now. Hope strengthens us against temptation and enables us to persevere. Hope infuses us with the ability to turn our eyes to a much greater light. Job put it this way in Job 19, I know that my Redeemer lives. So let's talk about some things we do know. My Redeemer lives. I know my Redeemer lives, but because of that, I have hope. I have hope. So I want to talk to you today, just speaking about really one verse today in Galatians chapter 6. Today's talk, stay steadfast. Stay steadfast. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall Reap if we faint not. Now, so let this seep into your minds a little deeper. I'm going to read that again. And I want you to really, really listen and let it sink in. Let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if We faint not. Paul is asking us to stay steadfast in well-doing, in doing good. Will you stay steadfast in well-doing? Because if you stay steadfast, you will reap a reward from God. And you'll be glad at the end of your life that you were steadfast in this thing called well-doing. Well, what is well-doing? well whats well doing What did Paul have in mind when he was talking about well-doing and doing good? It can be small things. It can be random acts of kindness throughout your day. It can be the little courtesies you offer someone else. I was visiting with a guy in our church uh, at a men's prayer breakfast one time, and he was telling me when he leaves the prayer breakfast that he goes and he helps an organization where he volunteers. And he make and deliver 180 Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to kids who live in less fortunate neighborhoods, and they drive down the streets in a food truck. They call it the P, B, and J, but they said the J stands for Jesus. The world needs more well doers. You can be a kind hearted parent or grandparent, it can be a service in your community or your church, volunteering to do something in your community or in your church, it could be something you do in your neighborhood. Or a project at your work. But the world needs well-doers. The world needs us to do what is good. And Paul says that some well-doers, listen, they can get weary along the way and they quit. And all this well-doing, this doing good that needs to get done, doesn't get done. So he says, would you be a person who is steadfast in doing all this good, That needs to be done and God will reward you if you stay steadfast in well-doing. I got to witness as a young boy a well-doer who influenced my life. Her name was Josephine and for 30-some years I watched her as she visited kids in our church every Saturday morning with candy inviting them to ride the church bus to come to church and then every Sunday morning she would take the church bus around the neighborhood, picking up kids for church. Never forget it. I worked that bus route with her uh, on the Tinker Air Force Base. And when she was in her late 60s and early 70s, she started our daycare ministry in our church. She became our first daycare director. She said that our church needed to provide love and care for these kids. Directed our daycare for several years, right up until her passing away. Vacation Bible school director. She was a Sunday school superintendent. She was a bus captain. I watched a well-doer most of my young life, and it had a profound effect on my life because I watched steadfast in well-doing all the way to the end. I just thought to myself day in and day out, consistently and continually, I saw her steadfast and well-doing. Josephine Wiley. She was my grandma. And I asked myself, what was the secret to her steadfastness and well-doing? And I know that many of you have been steadfast and well-doing for years. You do good in your community and you do good in your neighborhood and at your job and in your church. You're just someone who does random acts of kindness. You'll volunteer in ministries at your church. You'll You'll volunteer in the community. You'll follow the promptings from God. you serve the poor and all kinds of things that your church does. You're steadfast in well-doing. I want to ask, are you that kind of person that I'm describing? Can you say about your life that you're the kind of person who sees the good that needs to be done and you do it joyfully and steadfastly? Because the work of God in your life. So I asked the question what is the secret to being steadfast and well doing? And there's some keys I want to hand you today. The first one is this it's what I call life management. Life management. When you are filled up with good life energy, you're good with God, your spiritual practices are working for you, your relationships are all on a good note, family and friends and all that's going well, your diet, exercise, recreation, other engagements. I mean, when you're doing life management in a very effective way, you are filled up. And what I have discovered is it's pretty easy to stay steadfast in well-doing because you're so filled up, you can just kind of overflow that spirit of fullness in these well doing endeavors, but what about if you're only half full, half a tank? You're experiencing some depletions in your life, and you look at well-doing opportunities to do good, and you say, you know what, I've got my own problems, not sure I have the energy to give to anyone else, and if you've ever been on empty, boy, I have. If you're like I was, you basically would have nothing to give. You see all kinds of opportunities for well-doing, but you're like, excuse me? I am in a hole so deep right now, I can't worry about anybody else. I've got to fix my own life. You know, I'll be transparent. There's a time that I experienced this and it occurred to me, it's been several years ago, that I was in a dark place and I was empty. And I remember receiving an inconvenient phone call late one night and I was inconvenienced with this call to come and meet with and pray with a person to pray over them. My wife can probably tell you, she probably remembers, I'm sure she remembers me complaining and griping about how no one is concerned with my time or sensitive to my schedule. And so I go with an attitude. I pray with them. And it literally took maybe 30, 45 minutes That's me getting dressed, driving there to pray, and getting back home. And I'll never forget driving back home after I finished. I had to pull my truck over, and I put my head on my steering wheel, and I wept, and I asked myself, who have I become? Now, before you judge me and don't judge me, I was going through a really dark place in my life, going through a real deal that I have just allowed myself to get completely depleted. I had allowed myself to become completely depleted. So much that my family could see it. My wife could see it. My kids were like, what's up with dad? When I am more concerned about being inconvenienced for a few minutes, when I am more concerned about my inconveniences than I am caring for others, who have I become? Am I even still a Christian? And after a lot of reflection and a lot of encouragement from my family and close pastor friends, I got better. And I got through it with the help of my family and friends. Now, listen to me. How you manage your life on a day-to-day basis determines to a large degree if you will have the wherewithal to do well-doing in a steadfast fashion. Back to my grandma for a moment. She managed her life well. And she had plenty in her life to overflow her life consistently to others. So I'm asking you the question. Do you? What level is your life at? I am overflowing. I see myself steadfast and well-doing for a long, long time. I'm not doing so well. I need to get my act together. Just got some stuff in my life I need to take care of. Or I'm so down and empty, just like I was, that you got a lot of work to do. If you're ever going to be the person to give others who need us, to give it to them. Listen, I tell our staff and I tell pastors this who call me asking about ministry questions and stuff that there's always going to be stuff in your life. There's always going to be bad relationships, difficult relationships, financial problems, job problems, broken lives, health issues. There's going to be some leaks in life. So it's important that you do life management. Because your life bucket gets empty. And that's the next thing I want to tell you is that you've got to keep your bucket full. You've got to keep your bucket full. How? Well, you have to look for what I call streams of replenishment. You have to take responsibility. We continue to pour into our lives so that our buckets stay filled, so that we can stay and be steadfast in well doing for people who need us to do good. What are your streams of replenishment? For some of you, it may be a hobby or a recreational activity that fills you up, it may be your spiritual practices, your Bible reading or prayer. For me, it's spending time with my grandsons. Nothing fills me up quite like being with my grandsons. They just fill me up. But listen, me and you, we're responsible. We're responsible to keep these streams of replenishment flowing into our lives so that that bucket is full, so that I can overflow, so that I can stay steadfast and well-doing. Romans chapter 12, verse 11 says, Never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. What this is saying is is that it's your responsibility. It's not my responsibility as your pastor to keep your bucket full. It's not your spouse's responsibility. The text says it's something you need to do. You need to keep your spiritual fervor high. Keep your bucket full. And it will help you in staying steadfast and well-doing. When you became a Christian, the Bible says that you receive spiritual gifts, some divine capabilities. You be, you become good at something that you can do in the church or in the community or in the world. And, and there is great joy in that. And you feel really good when you are doing the good for God with the gifts he's given you. You find yourself doing good for God. And, and you want to repeat that behavior because it fires you up and it helps you stay steadfast and well doing. Because you experience the thrill of being used by God for good in your life and in the life of others. And I know. Because I watched my grandma use her gifts. Mercy and generosity were her greatest gifts. And I watched her. And I knew that this must be from God. And it energized my grandma to stay steadfast and well-doing. When you are using the resources that God gave you for doing good, it energizes you and it keeps you steadfast and well-doing. And you say, I can't wait to do it again. Life management. Keep your bucket full. And then just jump in. Just jump in. your life as a big swimming pool. And you're standing on the diving board of life, getting ready to jump in and dive in. I don't know about you, but I don't want for Jesus to come back and see me standing beside the pool. I do not want to spend my life sitting in the beach chair. I want to be swimming in the pool. I want to jump in. Some of you, maybe you've gotten out of the pool. And listen to me. If you get out of the pool, everyone loses. Here's the problem. If you see all of this doing good and all of this opportunity to be a well-doer, if you see this as just burdens to bear and not as opportunities of well-doing. Well-doing opportunities for you to do good. If you don't see it like that, you won't stay steadfast in well-doing. You'll see it as a burden to bear and you won't continue to be a well-doer and do good. I try to remind our team here at Faith Church that each day, whether it's leading worship, or doing landscaping, or cleaning, or maintenance, or ministry, if you see it as a burden to bear and not as opportunities of well-doing, opportunities for you to do good, you won't last, you won't stay steadfast in your well-doing. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good, because at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Life management. Keep your bucket full and just jump in. Hey, thanks for listening today, friends. I appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast and as always, I want to invite you to join us on the weekends, 9 o'clock for our traditional service, 10.30 for our contemporary service. And if you can't make it in person, be sure and join us online. Our live stream broadcasts at 10.30 every Sunday. And you can join us online in either of the platforms. on A couple of the platforms you can join us on is on our website, faithchurchnow.com, or you can join us on the Facebook platform. But we invite you to join us for worship each week, each Sunday. Life management. Keep your bucket full and just jump in stay steadfast in well-doing. God bless you today. Stay strong. Face strong.